Hello, welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesland, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we're going to talk to staff members of LCMS Youth Ministry about their reflections about the 2022 LCMS Youth Gathering. Our 2022 LCMS Youth Gathering was the 15th gathering that we've held. And maybe some of you got to see the part of the thematic floor that showcased some items from the previous gatherings. It's always great to kind of go down memory lane. I saw some even some churches that highlighted the many different gatherings, let people talk about their experiences going back those, those 30 plus years. But we wanted to take a minute and look back just at this gathering with our staff in particular. For planning for the gathering uses, boy, basically 200 planners that are along with a journey of like two and a half, three years. You know, we've got uh, hundreds of amazing volunteers that really implement the program and the safety pieces and, and hospitality pieces that just do an amazing job. Um, and But certainly we see too, our staff uh, is in there, you know, day in, day out doing a lot of stuff. But man, it is just an amazing, huge team that puts this event on from the planning to implementation. And it's an awesome thing for us as a staff members to see God work through these people through our church body uh, to have this great event for young people and adult leaders who come. So we're so thankful for them. You've probably met maybe the staff on the podcast before. For, whether reflecting on gatherings or preparing for this one in for 2022. But we got a chance to bring them on as we were coming back and getting the bills paid and doing all that great stuff and having a little bit of time off, but also some time to reflect to and give thanks to God for all that took place in Houston. So just some kind of some questions we threw out to them to get some of their feedback on and what we wanted to hear from them was maybe what was a moment that they're going to remember from the 2022 gathering in Houston. Maybe what was something that was unique. I think every staff person maybe had a response to that one in preparing for Houston this year. Another one was, what's your favorite story coming out of the gathering? Another question was maybe what was something you learned at the 2022 gathering? And then also too, how do you hope that the 2022 gathering continues to impact youth and adults who attend? Joining me in studio right now is Meredith Smith, who's a communication specialist for the LCMS Youth Gathering and LCMS Youth Ministry. Meredith, could you tell us a little bit about all that you do in your, just your job for the gathering and all that you're doing behind the scenes? Absolutely. So leading up to the gathering, I had the pleasure of working alongside Juliana and doing some Facebook Lives for our adult leaders, as well as putting a lot of communication pieces for our adult leaders to get ready for the gathering and connecting with some of the youth online through social media like Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Snapchat. At the gathering, I have the pleasure of serving a team of about 40 people wow. on the media team. I serve as the media director and all of those people that you saw running around with cameras, microphones, and their gray shirts, those are all part of my team. I believe that they're some of the most talented people we have in our church body, and they are just an absolute joy to work with. Lots of long days of covering lots of things at the gathering, but they make it all worth it. One of the blessings of your team is it captures the photos and the videos of just so much stuff that like people, don't, everyone doesn't get to see that. Right. And so like, man, just to be able to see the servant event video, be out on site, that was so cool. And so it allows us to see so much of what the gathering does in the city, but then also what so many participants are able to experience when maybe not everyone gets to be everywhere, but yeah, you get to see all that the gathering does. Your team just does an excellent job of that. Yeah. Also joining is DCE Jim Lohman, who's the arrangements director for the gathering, also works with LCMS Servant Events. Jim has a long list of things that he does for the gathering. Jim, just give us a little smattering of all the ways that you serve the gathering and our adult participants. Meredith gave me a great segue when she said gray shirts, because the media shirts, if you add those to the total, I coordinated for the gathering 30,000 340 shirts, including the shirts that all the participants received from Concordia University, Chicago. Along with that, there's a spreadsheet of 500 plus items that people need and just make sure all of those things are in the right place at the right time during the gathering with a great team of local and another person who joined me in helping get all those things arranged for the gathering if you were ever up in hall a by the youth booth and was wondering what magic was happening up in the front corner of the space that was a place we call central supply where a lot of jim and his team was working a lot and bringing all those things together so that was that was just one of the places where stuff was kind of like brought that together. curtain and the wizard yes Lodge. yes 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 exactly there What's was a lot of a lot of activity yes absolutely just a wonderful again gift of the gathering and all that takes place again supplies a lot of the stuff that you were if you had been on the interactive floor a lot of those things, the supplies that were there comes through Jim's team, certainly things over in mass events and other places too. The gathering store, a lot of other things that, again, are impacted by Jim's service to the gathering. So I had a couple of questions that we 
throw out to you for some reflection. Think about just again from maybe a unique perspective that you guys had being on staff and what you do to serve the gathering and participants along the way. What is one moment, if you can keep it to one, the 2022 gathering that you are going to remember? So I have seen, I have a lot of memories inside of Minute Maid Park. I have seen tough losses. I have seen monumental hits, playoff (laughs) runs, grand slams, you name it. I have seen a lot of things happening in Minute Maid Park. But that first opening mass event was probably one of the most spectacular events I've ever witnessed inside of Minute Maid Park. Coming out of the pandemic, we... I remember sitting around the table wondering, like, are people going to actually come to the gathering? Are we actually doing this? Is this going to happen? And that first night, my husband and I stood on the top stairs of the dugout and saw all these people filing into their seats and into the park. And I just was like, wow, this is happening. We did it. A number of times throughout the gathering, we heard that crisis in all things. And that meant planning meetings and video (laughs) shoots and Facebook lives and emails, all of it. So being at Minute Maid Park for that first best event made me realize that yeah, Jesus really is in all those pieces and that we were able to gather together to learn, to grow, to build relationships with with each other throughout the whole gathering. Awesome. Jim, how about you? One thing that you're going to remember? The pandemic made it impossible for groups to get, to get together to serve. Mm-hmm. And I just think of a, a couple of walking through the on-site service area and seeing people sitting on the floor lined up to Mm -hmm. donate blood, Mm. which we learned in a conversation with the director of that, that that wasn't just impacting the community now, but as these young people learn the importance of, of that gift of life that blood can give. And then also, uh, they were doing gift bags for essential workers. And I was walking through the convention center one evening, wanting to thank the per- the three people who were c- collecting up the trash after the end of our day there. Mm-hmm. And before I could even say thank you, the guy said to me, well, have a great evening. I said back, well, thank you for what you're doing for, for us during these days. And he replied back to me, I've had more fun with your group <laughs> and have felt so loved by them mm. that it's well worth awesome. my being here and doing my job. That's great. That's great. So uh, another question, I mentioned this earlier about, you know, you have a unique situation, not only, you know, maybe being on the staff and going through all the steps you were there when Houston became a possibility for us, excited for Meredith, certainly being her hometown. So unique connection there. Uh, but then also through some of those things through the pandemic, um, and also in your roles too, you see unique things in the planning process that you do, the teams that you work with. So maybe just quickly, what was maybe a unique thing that you saw either that maybe caught you off guard or something that was really un- uh, special and unique about your experience at the gathering? Meredith, how about you? Yeah, I remember when I first started this job and Houston was at like the very bottom of the list and slowly each month at the staff meeting, it kind of climbed its way back up there. And I just sat back like, oh, that's not going to happen. So when it finally happened, it was it was awesome. So being in my hometown was one of the best things. I've been to a number of gathering cities and seeing how our church body and our youth and our adults impact the people in the surrounding community. But when you see it directly impacting your hometown and all the organizations that you grew up doing service with, it just hits a little bit different. Being on the media team, I saw a lot of stories from our groups that were serving the gathering. Every day we'd get updated with the numbers from our service team about how many hours we spent serving, how much blood was donated, how many resources were packed. And it's mind blowing to see how many people were willing to just serve their neighbors, serve the city, serve people they didn't even know. I felt really proud to be a Lutheran and a Houstonian at the gathering. (laughs) That's awesome. I I have to say, Meryl, kudos to you. I mean, truly, I mean, more than you probably realize, planning a number of these gatherings, we were so blessed to be in that situation that we had a Houstonian on our staff and doing communications just because in COVID, Houston CVB was dealing with staffing issues a lot of times where, man, we leaned on you for a lot of local yeah. information, yeah. <laughs> we just didn't have knowing any, where to go to where eat. to go to where to go to eat. I mean, we weren't we, we weren't in the city. I mean, this is by far the least we've been in a gathering city leading up to an event. I mean, easily in terms of the number of meetings or just visits, connection with staff. And so, man, Meredith filled in gaps for us on so many things about just where to go, where to eat, what to do, what to be aware of, that type of thing. And certainly, it was a unique situation even with COVID going on in Houston too. But yet, we are so thankful God just worked that out for us. Yeah. I mean, that again, you were you're watching Creek. Little did we know that you were going to have a very special role in bringing all the information together for the city. So thank you for being our on-site Houston knowledgeable person all through the process. Jim, how about you? Something unique? Wow. Uh, 
I have to say this was was unique in that my my history with the gathering started in '86 with on wings like eagles in Washington D.C. and this was my what made this unique. It's the last gathering where I'll be serving full time on the staff. Mm-hmm. God has a plan, and we'll see what that will will be. But just to from starting with the opening event, which just was phenomenal, the works at the yep. end oh, were yeah. more than I have ever experienced. And I've experienced fireworks <laughs> in a lot of different settings. <laughs> the sitting in the stadium, and usually there's maybe a couple of groups that are doing some kind of motions or getting into the music and 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 having an opportunity to express themselves and and their love for Christ and praise him. But to see the whole group, everyone participating Mm -hmm. in, in, in those actions. And then, and then just the, the culmination of all of that, as we wrapped up that, that time and uh, just thinking about how that was just a unique experience yep. for me as I reflected on where I had been at the, in, in previous gatherings. And then I have to say, I was at the very first music where an artist, a Christian artist, was invited to to share their music with the gathering. And that was Steve Taylor mm. back in 1986. <laughs> and I must say in 2022 was the culmination yes. of with for King and country. It was superb. And thanks to Concordia university, Wisconsin, Ann Arbor mm-hmm. for helping us mm-hmm. make sure that happened for the participants. Yeah, they did a fantastic job in that space. That's for sure. So one thing I want to maybe talk about, and maybe Jim, you've got an answer to this one. You're talking about over your gathering experience, the planning that you've done, seen different things over the years. What was maybe one thing that you learned in this process with all the maybe curveballs that were thrown? Sorry, use a baseball analogy there uh, and talk about Minute Maid Park. It's only fitting. Uh, I know. Yeah, that were thrown in that you had to deal with or something that you learned in the process this time that was unique to you. Doing our due diligence was even more mm. important for 2022. We came came in selecting a theme in January of 2020. Mm-hmm. Things were pretty calm. Oh, there was a little little rumbling and then more rumbling and more rumbling and then figuring out how are we going to meet via Zoom. None of us were experienced with Zoom and and I've even learned how to learn use Zoom <laughs> during the course of this time. So that's a that's a great thing. And then just seeing how God, there were times when we all said, Oh, we picked this theme in all things, and he's just really putting us to the test with that. He did, and through there was no bloodshed, but it maybe maybe came close at times. But there was a lot of sweat, and certainly there were a lot of tears on all of our part as we were working through what do we do? How does this happen? When are we going to get this information? All of those pieces was just a learning that God works in mm-hmm. all things. He's He's with us. He's walking beside us. There's an analogy that sometimes he's carrying us, and that mm-hmm. was certainly true mm-hmm. in a lot of this planning process. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of post-gathering conversation as a staff and with some of our planning team to say, like, there's some things that we did differently in this gathering. Some of it was painful. Without COVID, without a pandemic, we never probably would have tried these things. And we were forced to do some things differently that might be like, hey, that actually worked. Really <laughs> yeah. I just hope we don't have to pack a serving food bag in the future. Right, with, exactly. Uh, gloves exactly. and serving utensils. Yeah. That would be my... Yeah. yeah. I there hope a couple of things that can do. not be brought back. But yeah, I think it definitely made us flex and stretch a little bit. And some of those things are going to be worthwhile, I think, in the long run for our planning, for sure. Meredith, you were in charge of and working with teams to capture a lot of stories of the gathering. Maybe what was one of those favorite stories that you saw come out of the event? Yeah, we had a lot of members on our team talk to a lot of people at Mm -hmm. the gathering. Mm -hmm. Surely can't talk to all 20,000 of them because each one of them has their own story about how they got to the gathering and what it took. But we did do a really short interview with the smallest group Mm -hmm. that was attending the Mm -hmm. gathering. It was a father and a son from Michigan. And I'm just so thankful that they have supportive adults in their congregation that whatever it takes, they were getting, they were going to get this group, this father and son to the gathering. And then 
from that, people learned that they were the smallest group and they would be like, hey, you guys want to have dinner with us? Do you guys want to sit with us? Do you want to go do this with us on the floor? So just seeing that that one youth and and their dad could connect with so many other other youth groups that were attending the gathering. So it doesn't, it goes to show, like, it doesn't matter the size of your group that the gathering can have a huge impact on you as an adult and also as a youth. Yeah, I love, I love seeing after the gathering too, some of the districts and some of the regions getting together, um, keeping that momentum going, connection going. I think that's one of those great things that come out of the event that you see like, oh yeah, it's not just the two of us in our church body around that we yeah. got other friends and we can connect with. how many times do we get phone calls saying like, well, it's only just me and my son or me yeah. and my daughter. And you're like, absolutely, you should still come. And absolutely. It's, it's still impactful no matter how big your group is. <laughs> that's great. That's great. You got to talk a little bit on another episode about the, the specific things that serve events that we did, some of the numbers and that type of stuff, the impact that made there. I want to talk a little bit maybe even beyond that. How do you hope that the 2022 gathering continues to impact youth and adults who attended? I hope that youth and adults remember that they are part of God's good story. The last day of the gathering wasn't the end of the story. It wasn't mm-hmm. the end. It was just the end of the physical event. And that those those messages that we learn from our Bible study leaders, from our session speakers, from our mass event speakers, they're still true today. They're true tomorrow. They're true six months from now when you're starting a new new semester at school or you're moving away or starting a new job. Christ continues to be in all aspects of our lives, our work, um, the transition into this next school year that's going on, uh, the time that you're in youth group playing games, the times that you're just reflecting back on the gathering. In times of joy, Christ is there. In times of trial and tribulation, Christ is still there. I have my bookmark that I got from my Bible study leader <laughs> that has all of those icons on it to help me remember what I learned throughout the gathering. And as I, I drew those icons in my Bible, mm. and I can't help but mm. think, you know, future me going through and revisiting that and remembering yeah. all of those lessons and everything that we learned during the gathering. I have a a picture. The gathering, there's so much going on that, first of all, it's great for us to be together right now because we're learning things from each other that we don't really. (laughs) It's not like at the end of every day we get together and, you know debrief the day we, we the time doesn't permit us to do that sleep is more important for each of us <laughs> but uh meredith talking about the 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 bible the gathering bible which we've had for many many gatherings and and great that concordia saint paul would sponsor that but the the bookmark piece mm-hmm. i think can really be a great tool mm-hmm. for young people to open their Bibles and and really make it their own. And there were many opportunities for that to happen mm-hmm. at the gathering, including in the youth booth and, and outside of that. So just for for a hope that young people dig into the word mm-hmm. and and take what they heard and what they observed and really make that uh, an application to their daily lives as students and whatever vocation mm-hmm. they may be pursuing. Right. That's something that we always want to lead in our impact in our preparation is for, you know, what's, what's the student going back to? What's the adult leader going back to? You know, what's that next thing in life? And so that hopefully they feel encouraged and equipped as they go back again, refreshed by God's word and his promises for us. And, and also to know that community too, that they're now with, they got supporters around them, which is such a blessing too. Well, Meredith, Jim, thanks so much for your time, all the service that you provided for the gathering in so many ways that just certainly were not listed here, but certainly your prayers and support, encouraging our adult leaders and youth throughout the process. Again, looking forward to ongoing as we talk through these great stories and get to hear more, see great pictures and videos that Meredith's team did and certainly rejoice in all the connections that Jim's team made. Thank you so much for your service to the event. My pleasure. All right. So joining us now is Krista Miller, Gathering Registrar and Operations Manager. Krista, tell us in 500 words or less, <laughs> all the things that you did or have done for the gathering, specifically in Houston 2022. Well, my job is a little bit unique to most other positions with the gathering for either the rest of the staff as well as our planners. They're the very creative, artistic people, and that's not my gift. I'm the more analytical, logistical, statistical kind of a person. So I am the behind the scenes person. Do the registration, the on-site registration, getting all those backpacks stuffed with all those wonderful volunteers. I contract with all the hotels. We used 45 hotels in Houston. I assign all of the people to their hotels, and then shuttling and special needs are part of my purview as well. So are you still counting pillows and heads, <laughs> assigning people, it, all that kind of stuff? Pretty much. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't turn your turn your head off that yeah. quickly. I think with that that you're still probably waking up with dreams about doing that, I'm sure. <laughs> 
So I would say you saw a lot of unique things for 2022. Now I've worked on a number of gatherings. Everyone's a little different. There's always things, different cities. So, I mean, there's different unique things. I mean, we actually had less hotels, right? In right. Houston than we've right. had, which was a blessing. Yes. We have fewer, two or kind of only two locations, but throw a worldwide pandemic into it, yes. staffing changes yes. that we saw at hotels. Just what were some of the unique things that you had to deal with in your position or that you saw planning this event compared to maybe some other ones? Well, probably the biggest piece was working with the hotels. Mm -hmm. I love working with the hotels. We actually start contracting with the hotels before one event is even over. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I was pretty solidly into contracting with New Orleans hotels mm -hmm. before the Houston mm -hmm. event even took place. So when you're working with hoteliers for three to four years, you actually develop, develop a relationship with them, which is it's just invaluable and it's mm -hmm. fun. It, they get to know our event. You get to know them. They love our kids. And and you really, you're like on a first name basis with these people, which is really awesome. It's just, just from a, a perspective of how they see our event mm -hmm. and love the kids. But it also is very helpful when our people get to the gathering or they're talking with them and there's problem issues, whatever. They'll call me and say, hey, Krista, this is happening. I know exactly who to call and how to get this problems resolved. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, because of COVID, no hotel, the 45 hotels in Houston, not one person was there that started, that I started wow. with in the contracting process. Wow. None. And not only that there was a new changeover, but it was constant change. It, and just for a minute, for, for the audience, why was that? What was going on that this was happening? I mean, we know the story, but tell maybe a little bit like what, what you would see, different things that would happen at current, or, uh, excuse me, at, at hotels through this process? Well, the, just COVID basically shut the world right. down. And so no one was traveling. You, I, mean, I remember you and I, we toured uh, the Hill Hyatt, the Hyatt before Hyatt. National. Yes. Um, and for our first time, I mean, literally the general manager gave us the tour and was basically the only person working besides maybe just a skeleton crew of people in the building. You're in this huge hotel. Right. And there were literally like five people working there. There was, yeah. there was like nobody. It was yeah. empty. They were doing a massive renovation because they, they could. could. Yeah. They could. And so they took advantage of it. But there was no, there were no guests. So obviously they, they kept the staff on like the rest of the world. You didn't really know how long this process was going to last. Mm -hmm. And they kept them on as long as they could. And then they just furloughed yeah. most everybody. Right. When you'd go to a hotel, the general manager is emptying trash cans mm -hmm. and whatever. Just they were doing everything mm -hmm. because there was no staff. So time went on and a lot of these people found other jobs mm -hmm. and didn't come back mm -hmm. or came back much later, but in a different capacity. So ultimately what happened was I started all over again. We had our contracts, but none of the same people were there. And then people were coming back and just getting jobs until they found something else. Mm -hmm. And then they were gone again. Mm -hmm. One hotel, my single best record was 11. Wow. I went through 11 contact people <laughs> in one hotel. Um, you would just you, you, call. Got, you got that regretted. You'd email them, get that regretted out of office reply. That oh it's like, goodness. I'm no longer with the <laughs> every like, time you send oh an email. It, yeah. it really was. You just couldn't keep up. And, and it was disheartening because we do our event differently than pretty right. much anybody else in the world. There is no, if, you, if you're in the hospitality industry, you will know pretty quickly that nobody does what we do the way we do it. And it works for us, but you kind of have to train these people. You have to educate them as to what to expect from us. And if every three weeks, every two months, whatever, you're talking to mm -hmm. a completely new person, you, you're just re-educating over and over. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just, it was exhausting. It was, it was, I, I feel like in your position, like some days I'd be like Groundhog's Day oh, a little bit. I mean, it, the it movie, was. I mean, that you just felt like it was the same thing that you've just did. Didn't I, didn't I just do this a week ago? And it, then here you were doing it again. It really, I, I mean. And, and I would say to what you said, and thankful for our hotel community. I mean, they stepped up and did amazing work. It was just different it, from years past and from, especially from your workload. It really at. was. In May, the first week of May, when I took all the congregation's information to Houston and mm -hmm. personally handed to the hotels the week before, had contacted each of those hotels, and I'd gotten the new contact list mm -hmm. for each one, made appointments with them, and one week later, six of those people didn't work there anymore, wow. just in a week. Yeah. So I was very, very nervous and very anxious about 
what kind of situation mm-hmm. our guests were going to walk into mm-hmm. simply because the hotels just didn't know what to do with our mm-hmm. with our people. And from for all intents and purposes, I think things went extremely well. There's always hiccups, sure. but COVID or not, there's always hiccups. Sure. And and we had a couple, but nothing catastrophic. And I was waiting for catastrophic. I was truly waiting for epic failure. And I think that, you know, for the hotels, they truly stepped up. They loved our kids, mm-hmm. loved our event. And and I think that they really did did a fantastic job. But even things like the shuttling, we have, we have 110 shuttle buses and that's just that's chaos. It's always chaos. Our shuttle team does an amazing job, but we encountered things now like, can we get 110 right. buses? You didn't even know if that was going to be available. So, you know, until the last minute for everything, you, you really didn't know. Not to mention, as you know, Mark, trying to plan this event and you didn't know if anybody's coming. <laughs> you know, we have pretty good track record over the last, you know, years and you, you know kind of what to expect. Mm-hmm. We had no idea what to expect. So it's hard to contract with hotels, set a budget, get buses, shuttle buses, anything when you truly don't know how many people, if any, are even going to show up. Yeah, and we've said it before. That's where we're just so thankful for the support congregations, doll leaders specifically, showed to us prayers, just encouraging us to keep moving ahead on things. Our, I mean, our sponsors and exhibitors too, same way. I mean, that just, there was this overall, certainly we're still watching the health ramifications and things like that every step of the way, but just really this desire to have this event, bring our youth together, adults together, and be able to be back together as God's people and LCMS and be able to celebrate in that way. And so we're so thankful for that. Support that happened and all those big and little things, Krista, that you did along the way and uh, housing, shuttling, registration. <laughs> also, and we're not even going to touch I, a new, a brand new uh, registration program as well. Oh, that, yeah. That let's, utilized, throw, throw that in with a Sure, let's just yeah. mix that up really good <laughs> right. while we're doing it. That's right. But, so we can talk about that a whole other uh, right. episode probably. But, <laughs> but do you want to have you, from your perspective, something maybe that stands out to you? What was maybe your favorite story coming out of the gathering? There's always stories. <laughs> my, most of my stories actually are, are preemptive. They're not. It's things that happen along the mm-hmm, way because mm-hmm. in my position, we get... Tens of thousands, literally, of phone calls and emails and pieces of communication. So we hear from a lot of people on a lot of different subjects so that we have good stories leading up to the gathering. My favorite one was the fact that I got a tremendous number of inquiries as to whether Carl is going to be back (laughs) this time. Well, now, as I've said, the programming is not my thing. It's not my gift. It's not what I do. I truly have no part in the programming. So I was just like, I really don't have any idea if Carl's coming back or not. So finally, after a significant number of inquiries, I at our it was our May meeting. Yeah. It wasn't even that long ago. I went to the team who was responsible for this, and I said, is Carl coming back? They're like, well, no, we weren't really thinking about that. I said, I'm telling you, people want they want to see Carl. <laughs> They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. I mean, really, they, they really do. So I left it at that because that's as far as my my job goes. And then about a week later, I got a call from that team and said, hey, we talked to Carl. And if you can get him an airline ticket and get him a hotel, Carl is happy to be there. I'm like, oh, you're going to make a lot of people happy. (laughs) So then to find out later, which I hadn't even thought about this, it's three years later. Carl doesn't look like he looked Mm -hmm. three years ago. Mm -hmm. And that, I guess, had not crossed my mind. Then I was getting a little nervous. I thought, oh, gosh, what have I done? What have I (laughs) done? Got my foot in at this time. And so I was I was nervous and hadn't actually seen Carl, but then found out when he was going to appear. And I, the night that he did appear and he comes on the stage, he's like, my name is Carl. And the whole crowd just erupts. I was like, oh, my gosh, at least they remembered him. <laughs> but it, they seemed very pleased that Carl was there. So I, that was that was a fun moment. For yeah, me. so I don't think that back story had been told because, I mean, I saw someone on the thing, the Facebook group pulled up like, we asked that question one time and the leaders told us that they weren't bringing it back. It was true. We had no plans because, yeah. you know, we like to make each gathering kind of unique and have its own story and have its own focus. But then between certainly the number of people calling and then I think you said, I think I saw someone post maybe after the gathering to at some point too. So no, my youth that even didn't intend in 2019. So I think by now anyone listening to this probably knows Carl was a character that we had in 2019 that really resonated with the youth and adults. And, and, uh, but they said like, Hey, we use that video like in confirmation and other places too. So like even my younger youth knew about Carl. So they were, 
they were prepared for that. So it was neat to see that all come together and thankful for that to happen. And think just that little seed that you asking that question that got that process going. And, well, and it, I think the bigger takeaway is we do listen. Right. When, when we hear information, yep. we don't always act on it because we can't always act on things. But but we do listen and we do hear what what our audience wants. And, and when we can make things happen, we we certainly do. So... Well, some of you know, if you're in the youth booth, that the 2022 gathering it is Krista's last gathering, at least in this role. <laughs> oh, oh, that's new. Yeah, uh, we're going to figure out something. Well, we'll see. But there's going to be a lot of calls just like for Carl to come back, for Krista to come back. So, no, but we are so thankful for all the ways that, Krista, that you served in 2022 and other gatherings. Just the care that you take for our participants, the adult participants walking through that process and even going through this last time with pandemic and also a whole new registration program and taking care of our participants. So thank you for everything. And just thanks for sharing that story too. And, and you say, you talk about, you have creativity in your own way, Krista. And, and it's a different kind of creativity. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's great. And so again, thanks for joining on the podcast. Thank you. So now joining us is Renee Lorenz, Administrative Coordinator for LCMS Youth Ministry and the LCMS Youth Gathering. So thankful for all the work that Renee does and did for the 2022 gathering in Houston. Renee, tell us a little bit about all the things that you did for the gathering, but then just in general in LCMS Youth Ministry. I do a lot of the behind the scenes things. A lot of people may think it's boring, but no, it has, <laughs> it has to, you know, we have to, be to run the office somehow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But no, I do a lot of the troubleshooting, problem solving. I make sure that all the invoices get paid. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yes, yes. Um, usually if someone has a question, it comes through me. Mm-hmm. If I don't know the answer, I will find somebody who does or, you know, just find the answer myself and help mm-hmm. them. I will help. I will man phone calls for registration mm-hmm. if we get bogged down a mm-hmm. lot in the back. Mm-hmm. We also, I do a lot of stuff with volunteers. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will... Kind of manage them as all the uh, as all the applications come in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If they have any questions or if they have any trouble on our site, I will help them through mm-hmm. it. I will also help. A lot of those are with the ambassador team. Mm-hmm. So those are our adults mm-hmm. that are volunteers at the mm-hmm. gathering. The vo- the young adult volunteers. I'll mm-hmm. also manage that registration, and the team flex, which is our on site. They uh, kind of come from all over. Yeah. We, we we try to do just local people right. but they, they only work maybe part of the time mm-hmm. maybe all all five days but i help manage those as well and so I, mean, I know we talked about a new registration program for our gathering participants but it was all new for our volunteer groups too so that was a learning yes. curve on all those types of things that were taking place for not only the volunteers themselves but for our staff and then too really actually did some really creative new things with the volunteers in terms of just the team's experience gathering participants know the yellow went away, seal bees, ambassadors yeah. mm-hmm. for the new thing with blue, so with yellow flare for that help. But then uh, certainly our YAVs and Team Flex, which was a new term. We always had on-site volunteers in the past, but it was a new term. And the flex around that they're flexible. So if, right. if there's anyone listening who maybe is looking for a new role at the gathering, again, great opportunities to volunteer in a lot of different ways. I'm sure we'll be back for 2025 as we prep for New Orleans. But yeah, there's a little bit, I know it's understated, but like as as people can probably imagine is that I always love looking at the event and thinking of all the work that Renee did, that like every little thing that happens at the gathering somehow came through Renee's hands, most likely. And then either that a bill was paid for that to be there, a contract was done, there's travel reimbursement, whatever it might be that, again, a lot of things that uh, Renee does in the office and makes the event possible. So thankful for all that work. So want to talk with all those things that you do, hands that you have in, roles that you have at the gathering itself, even on site, maybe what was one favorite story coming out of the gathering for you? I would say probably my favorite one is I've actually... I'm going on my ninth year here in youth ministry. Mm -hmm. And ever since I can remember, there's always been one ambassador or formerly known CLB Mm -hmm. who has always served at the gathering. Okay. She's actually our oldest one that I know of at the age of 85. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. And this time I, I actually talked to her a little bit on the phone and through email and she was not so sure if she really wanted to serve this mm-hmm. gathering she mm-hmm. didn't know if she could do it or not mm-hmm. and after talking to her a little bit and she's like you know maybe i'll try it one more time 
<laughs> love it. So it, it, it was cool, and I think she even made it onto one of our Facebook posts. Oh, great. Yeah, okay, good, yeah. good, good. That's so, awesome. Yeah, she's a sweetie. We are so thankful for the hearts of service that the ambassadors bring, Yavs bring, Team Flex. Just a great story of, of all those people who give so much of their time to support the youth and our adult leaders who attend. So maybe a favorite story, then maybe one of the things I'll ask is, I know it's been one that's been coming up a lot, certainly, which is all the things that we were dealing with and planning for Houston and how God worked through all of that. What made maybe for you the 2022 gathering unique from others that you've experienced? I would actually say that this one, my entire family was at. Oh, okay, nice. So my three kids were all participants. Yes, great. Now my two, I have twin boys. Okay, This sure. was their second one. Okay. So they just graduated high school, so they went as freshmen as well when we were in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. But they got to go, and then my daughter also got to go, who will be a junior this okay, year. Okay, great. But um, it was kind of fun because listening at home, you know, around mm. family dinner time, <laughs> them trying to prep their sister on what to expect at the gathering. And of course, they're no two are the same. No. <laughs> but there are no. some similarities. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the, you know, and, and I guess one of the things was the, the sessions that they talked okay. about. Okay. Okay. You know, because mm-hmm. in Minneapolis, it's a little bit different. We yep. didn't have this big of rooms. Mm hmm. And they're like, yeah, you got to get there really early and whatever. And, you know, just listen to them afterwards then, too, about the difference. It was funny. But, uh, yeah, it, it was fun to listen to that, to prepare her. But also one of the other unique things is all three of them were in this office. Yes, they were. Along with my husband. Yes, they were. My husband actually mapped out the seating for Minute Maid Park. And then all three of the kids came in and entered them yes. into the MLB app. Yes, it was fantastic. Family yes. service project. And, and they were troopers. They were <laughs> they troopers. Were, they were. Gave up a lot of their summer they uh, did. to be they a part did. of that. Yeah. And, and my one son absolutely loved it. I love it. Which was. Yeah, he, we had to yeah. pry him away sometimes from the computer. <laughs> no, I'll just stay here and continue to work. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yes. And, and Mike's an art teacher. And, and so there was yep. a part of the process where they mapped it up with like, colorful highlighters and his was the prettiest <laughs> mapped out area you know that we we had it was great no but they, but yeah we are so thankful for mike and the kids and all the work that they put in in a short amount of time a lot of hours and a short amount of time that they put in to pull that off so that's great so yeah definitely something that was unique had not done that before yeah. and i'm sure and even a week before it happened i doubt they knew that's what they were going to be doing probably <laughs> and, not not at least in those specifics yeah, as, like, the, as the plan came yeah. together <laughs> Mom, you do all this? Yeah, yeah. We, we, it all comes from the office, but yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, great. Well, again, thanks for all that you did and planning for 2022. Thankful for, again, all the ways that seen and unseen that you had planned in that. And thanks for joining on the podcast. Thank you. Well, Mark, it was really great to hear from the staff and, and the many things that they reflected on. For you, is there a moment in a gathering that you're going to remember in particular? Well, I say this a lot. I mean, obviously, obviously, I love the youth and adults that come to the event and seeing them at the event. That is just great. And I think one thing, though, that always at some point comes up is the impact that a lot of our volunteers have. And I think I shared this on the previous podcast, too. But it's still going to be that conversation of having with Houston Police Departments and other people to talk about how great our volunteers are and just in general, how good our youth and adults are too. And just that, I know, again, that maybe not be speaking directly the word of God, but man, it makes a great reflection of who we are as Christians to come into a city and to be just a wonderful stewards. And then also to reflect the love of Christ through our thank yous and showing appreciation, our behavior, um, and just again, how we react with and, and interact with staff members and others in the city. And so that's one thing that I always remember. And it happens every gathering, I feel like, but yet it's always just something that is just such a blessing for me to see and so much to give thanks for. How about you? Yeah, there are a few that I think stick out, but I think for this one, as I would say for maybe the the last few that I've been on in the staff, I remember coming to the gathering as a teenager. And even though I'm from a, a fairly big church when I was growing up, really the first time I would say that I kind of grasped how big our our church body is and how big the God's church is and how much figure it is than maybe I had particularly thought in my little bubble in in Kansas and and the people that I interacted with on a regular basis. And so really had this kind of moment for me listening to people sing towards the end of worship where just reminded again, after several years of um, 
isolation, you know, pandemic where church for many weeks felt like just you in a looking at a screen that felt very isolating to be reminded again of just how big and vast God's church is and is the future of the church what well, the current church, right, of these young people, but also the future of our church and these young people is in, is in beautiful hands and God's working in and through them. Yeah, there was some, you just touched on one thing. There were some beautiful singing moments too that was like kind of yeah. the same reflection. Like how much, man, we've been waiting for that moment to be together and to hear those voices sing praises to our God, both during the divine service and then during some moments in the mass events too. And just be able to hear that and be able to have all those voices join together, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, and and I think that's one of the ways in which this gathering was unique, right? And that it definitely felt like coming, and though we're still struggling with a lot of different things in our world and 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 with COVID, to be able to to have this time together felt I feel like more meaningful, um, perhaps in in relationship to how the last few years have gone than maybe like maybe you appreciate it more a little bit. How about you? Any other things that you felt like were unique with this gathering for and how you experienced it? I mean, I think one thing you're touching on, that's just going to say to that, I think, I mean, as adult leaders are going to know, there were a lot of things for a variety of reasons that, you know, had hiccups along the way that, you know, maybe in previous gatherings would not have been there. And there's a lot of reasons for that being the case. And I just think I, we kept saying this is that, you know what, I think it's going to be one of these things. We're going to be so happy to be together and to be in Houston that I think adult leaders were obviously well-prepared and went with the flow that we knew they would handle it very well. Our youth did too, I thought. Just yeah. that they handled so many things so well that I think it was just so good to be together and be there um, and have that opportunity to serve and to you know just meet new people, uh, be the church together, that I just think that was a lot of things that was you know definitely covered over a lot of the other things that are happening, maybe through transportation, the hotels, uh, at the facilities, whatever it may have been. And just we're so thankful for you know how gracious people were walking through those things together. Um, and again, that we were able to see like, hey, we're the body of Christ together. We can forgive one another and we can move on together, support our youth and certainly our adult leaders too. So thankful for that. And that was something I think that was very unique about this event. Yeah, the planning process was, was very different for us on our end to be able to kind of navigate through that. So, yeah, and, and I appreciate, yeah, people's graciousness and kindness in, in helping us kind of navigate through those those pieces as we got there. Any favorite stories coming out of the gathering? So maybe I know we probably talked about a lot on the impact episode and other times, a lot of stories. I, one of the things that just to see something come to life for me was the Wednesday morning divine service. And probably many of you mentioned this if you or noticed this if you were there, but I mean, truly that we had basically removed a stage and brought in the choir, you know, that we moved the the, the wind symphony up onto the main stage and then did a great job with the the uh, altar and everything from Center of Liturgical Art. And just a place that, I mean, you would have thought about what happened Tuesday night when you came back Wednesday morning, people working literally around the clock to tear down that stage, make it happen, provide space for the great wind symphony and choir for all the elements of all of the worship service. And just to make that happen, that there was so much planning from our stadium event team mass events to worship, to make even, you know, probably seemed like a small thing, but just to even get the musicians who are out at the Galleria down for their flexibility and to make that happen, all the rehearsals that took place. And so to see that divine service come together for us to be able to come and worship and to end the event that way. And just even, you could probably sense it a little bit. I know we got some reaction about, that seemed really weird they're doing that, but even how fast we had to get out of the stadium for the Astros to have a baseball game in a, you know, short amount of time. Right. During the closing, they were literally removing the chairs from the choir on the one stage over on the risers because we had to get moving to basically make the thing timing work because we had such a short movement and move out at the park like we've never had before. And that's a unique thing for sure. I know they, we probably have said that before, but really was a very quick move in, move out at both facilities, really, to make it happen. But man, we are just the Lord continued to answer prayers and just things went so smoothly in a lot of ways. And it was really thanks to our production teams and companies and vendors that we use and our, our amazing volunteer teams that just do an amazing job. So it was really neat to see all those little pieces that we've been talking about for months and just yeah. like, boy, this is going to be tight. And just, we've been praying about it so much and boy, it really went very well. And so that was something starting to give thanks and something that was a yeah. story for me just to see. I, I hope someone had like a, what do you call it? The time-lapse camera on or something to see how quickly they got right. that move into Wednesday because there was a lot to do to make that available Wednesday for that early rehearsal. They got there early to start with the musicians and so that it was ready to go. It is so amazing every single time. And I mean, this is my third time being able to see behind the scenes and how things get planned and then executed for setup and then torn down. 
really so precise. So many things have to go into that. So many people have to be coordinated to make those things happen and to have the planners and the staff and the people that we contract with in both facilities to be able to make those things happen. And you say like, hey, and yeah, it was so sage. And as you said that, I was like, wait, what? Like, I, you know, right? Like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that did happen, right? You know, pieces that, you know, sometimes people don't even notice. And that's how we want it to be, right? We want your experience to, for you almost to not even notice what's going on behind the scenes. So it's great to hear how God works and in all of the plans and in the execution and even in the teardown right, of those right. things. One thing you learned at the gathering? Oh boy, one thing I learned at the gathering. I, I, I mean, again, just always. I mean, I think you kind of touched on it, but but like to see, just the amazing faith and just the the beauty of of the church body coming together and to see our youth in action and just. I don't think they hear this enough. Maybe from like people who are watching them from like in the city. I just love to hear from whether it's vendors or facility people to say, "Man, your youth give us so much hope in people in the church." Uh, to see the way that they come in and shine the light of Jesus in so many ways and that they're willing, that they're able to come together for this, for their faith and to come and learn more and to serve and to be encouraged by each other. That that is just, again, it's just, it's something I always know, but always to be encouraged every gathering and that you just really see that. And and again, I mean, like we've talked about come out of COVID, we didn't necessarily know what the reaction would be to doing an event like this, you know, especially months ago, what would it be like to gather again? Um, and it was so wonderful to see our youth encourage each other, be excited to see each other, and then certainly to participate and serve the way that they did. And so just to see again that, man, thank you, LCMS congregations. Thank you, adult leaders. Thank you, pastors, teachers, DCEs, deaconesses, all our church workers that invest, parents who invest in their young people and teach them the faith, put the word of God into their hands, into their ears, into their minds. Um, and it's so awesome to see again the fruit of that come out at a th- something like the LCMS Youth Gathering. So thank you. And that's something where just, again, certainly nothing new, but continue to see and learn and grow in understanding of the impact that you all have in the lives of young people and what our, uh, you see the Holy Spirit work in the lives of our young people too, and just what an encouragement that is for us. Yeah. We got, you know, I get to to do our youth lead program is one of the things I get to do every year, but we got to do a little reunion, got to see those young people and, and what they're up to in their congregations now, but also got to see our outgoing executive team lead sessions for them to walk into a room that was probably four times the size of the room that I was speaking in with super confidence. They had it planned and they all I did was was turn on their PowerPoint and watch them lead and kill it and to get to have our new executive team there to help and support as well. It It is a, a wonderful reminder of the way that God has created and blessed us with such an incredibly passionate, empathetic, outstanding group of young people in our church body. And, and that it's so energizing to be able to experience that and get to talk to them. And, you know, our gabs in particular for me, I got to hang out with several groups of Yavs who sat and talked to me and shared with me kind of their heart for the church and and what they want to be doing and leading the church and and man just so blessed to be able to to hear that from them and an encouragement to me kind of going forward as well how do you hope the gathering continues to impact the youth and adults who attended yeah i mean just a couple of things i loved coming back and seeing whether it's on our facebook group or other things of Churches wanting to stay connected and do things together, yeah. encourage each other, whether it's, you know, service, certain events next year, whether it's just learning opportunities that, you know, heard some, saw some talk about bringing in speakers, you know, for maybe additional events, whatever it might be. So just, you know, to connect them to those resources and those people for those networks and relationships to be built across the church. Love to see that. Love to hear, man, just again, the stories of young people, seeing how they're equipped and get excited about maybe a future career, whether that's serving in the church or other places too, just the ways that maybe the gathering impacted them, gave them an opportunity to serve in a way they hadn't done before. And so they really get interested in maybe again, a way that they can serve people in their vocation. It was really exciting. I loved the impact that uh, we heard from some of the servant events of how can they take this home um, and do that. And so already some things being shared, I know, across the board on our Facebook page and other places where people asking us for resources. So again, those ways, I think that the gathering can be just, again, those little things. As we always say, it's not about the five days. It can be that impact moment can happen certainly in there, but then how does that continue on through service? I know you got excited to get the resources rolling out here too from some of our session speakers and things on Bible study so yeah. that people 
yeah. open the word. I think I still heard, I mean, heard amazing things about the Bible studies. I kind of just got to step in them a little bit, but just again, I think the excitement over, you know, just something that's like be able to use the icons on the bookmark to be able to further connect with God's word and that you get excited and want to grow more in that. And so just to continue to feed that desire and, and equip our adult leaders and for the youth themselves to be able to be in study together, whether it's Colossians or other things too. Um, I think it's just a great thing that I get excited about and see that reaction and just keep that momentum mo- go- going. And, and that, you know, again, the gathering can always be a place they look back to and see that maybe that something got introduced or a relationship got built there, but then how it on- goes on from there and, and the Holy Spirit continues to equip them and encourage them in their, their walk. How about, how about you? Some things that you saw? Yeah, I, I'm always amazed in the ways that, you know, as you come to these events and I get to talk to adult leaders and I love talking to adult leaders, but how many adult leaders stopped and were talking about how they want to care for their young people. And I, you know, I, I know adult leaders came into the gathering wanting to do that, but you just hear how much they are reminded how, how much they love these young people and how much deeper that relationship gets and their heart for really wanting to continue to keep them in God's word and in worship and in prayer and how can we do better and how can we ensure that they're continuing to grow as as disciples and 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 asking good questions and wanting to dig into that you know I think those relationships that happen in that group and in that time can really carry that that energy forward in a really powerful way you know it's that it was a really cool moment I had when I happened to be in one place where uh, I'm sitting with pastor I served with in my last congregation and his wife talking to them, walking past with a, a young person who was in my first congregation, who is now a planner, who then at the same time was, you know, walked past us, that person who pastors the home congregation I grew up in, you know, all at once to be able to be like, yeah, you know, these gatherings have impacts that echo and echo and echo and echo for people uh, for years. And, you know, God uses that to build his church, which is really a beautiful thing. Absolutely. So we are still processing this, <laughs> you know, it's only been a few weeks and, and I'm sure there's stories that our staff will tell for years to come. We know that every gathering has stories because we get to hear stories from people like Jim and Krista as they to finish out their last gathering and we're we're sad but we also are excited for them to go into retirement prepare for some new adventures and some Mm -hmm. new stories that are are looking forward and we're so grateful for their years of service and the in the many ways that they have cared for young people in our church body through many many gatherings absolutely and so our our final episode in this post-gathering series is going to be thinking about towards 2025 already can't believe we're saying that but it's oh man that turn that page and our staff can finally talk about ways we are already planning and looking forward to our next gathering too and how you also can be preparing for our time in new orleans since we get to gather in that great city in a little under three years <laughs> man are you are you ready yet to do this again and uh, think about not it yet. maybe little, not quite yet a little bit more r&r i think <laughs> All right. But in the meantime, here's kind of just the single closing question for you. How would you or the youth that you brought to the gathering reflect back on the gathering? This is a great time for you to spend reflecting with them, processing that everything God's taught them in his word and in their time together at the gathering. And so we'll continue to keep you in your prayers as you unpack bags and tell stories and find new ways to continue to remind yourself of what you learned in Colossians and how God is in all Engel's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFU Radio. Find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfu.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.